0: This is Soccer Pilgrim, the podcast dedicated to soccer and travel, where each stadium is a shrine and its fans, the lay people. For the traveler, it is another culture to explore. Welcome to the Soccer Pilgrim podcast with Jason Kim. Three, two, one. Hey everyone, welcome back to Soccer Pilgrim. I'm your host, Jason Jisoo Kim. And today I'm here with another friend who is also a Manchester United friend. And the more I think about it, I have a lot of Manchester United friends. And I feel like picking Liverpool seemed to be a, a bit of a social suicide, but I stand by it because they're the best team in England, unlike this man's losers team. And this man, his name is Sam, a very good friend of mine that I've known for uh, almost 10, Is
1: it has it been 10 years or more that we've known each other? 2009, was it? No, you can't. I met you in second year when I was in second. So 2010, I said, yeah. I,
0: 2010, yeah, it's so exactly. like 12 years. Dude, 12 years. Um, but yeah, welcome, Sam. Welcome to the podcast. I'm super happy to have you on. And uh, Thank you. Thank you. And first things first, before we jump into some of the stories we had together about Manchester United and Liverpool, uh, let's dive straight into it. Why are you
1: a Manchester United fan? Why? Why? I'll give you, you know, I'm Korean, uh, just like you. Uh, so, <laughs> if, if anyone who is Korean, or, who's male and Korean are around their age <laughs> grew up watching Jisun Park or Park Jizong, right? And so, just like that, because we are Korean and there's like one that was, he was the only Korean playing in Europe. He's yeah. literally the first Asian player for almost everything. First Asian player to win the Champions League. Yeah. First Asian player to win the Premier League. Multiple times, four times, mind you. You know? Mm. And so... Uh, that so and it's a mix of that growing up for ten years of so I've been a Manchester United fan since he joined basically so that's two thousand five I believe he joined it summer two thousand five so I've been watching that's when I like any bandwagoner right at that time <laughs> but I'm at twelve uh, what I'm I'm a two thousand five fan right that's still pretty I think early uh-huh. in terms of but yeah but do you graduate out of being a bandwagoner if you're a fan for that long? Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. I I feel like I put in the dues to be beyond the bandwidth. It's yeah. I'm yeah. i would say, or trying to say, uh, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, so to answer your question, yeah, I, I love, I just mix of that hero or, you know, having that hero growing up as a Korean and then with the team, the type of the, just the players that played during that time at the, in the team is just. If you look back, it's just phenomenal. The list of the names yeah, and, and the manager, bro. and that alone is should, t- should tell almost any football fan that it that, that alone, having Sir Alex Ferguson as your manager, as a team, that's just, that's all you need, pretty much. So true. And they don't have that and they suck. Moving on. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. So basically, mix all those reasons is why I'm a fan of Manchester United. But then like, were you watching it? I just got to put this in my head. Were you in Canada at this point or were you watching it in Korea?
1: Uh, I was in Canada at this point. I was living in Vancouver, yeah, at that time. Yeah, okay. Uh, and so I remember watching it. So I think it was even before the scores, the, just the channel, the score, the, you know, the Canadian sports channel, the score. Yeah, yeah. I think before that came live, it was played on Sportsnet, I think. I think Sportsnet was around at that time. Right. It was on at like six, seven, eight, super early because it's on the Pacific side, right? Oh, right. It's so much earlier. Yeah. And so I, I remember watching it because that was the only way to watch these games. And it wasn't every game, too. Cause they had to be a like big game for Manchester United to be playing, right? Because mm-hmm. they had, you know, their Liverpool was big at the time. Arsenal was big at the time. Yeah. So it, not not every team they were showing because, again, it's not, it wasn't as... There was no streaming, all that stuff. And, and yeah, so... Huh. And like, did you remember what the soccer scene was like in Vancouver at the time? I
0: feel like it wasn't that big, right? Or it was, but no one, like, it was still very, like, niche.
1: So, like, the Korean fan base, you mean? Oh, or just soccer in general in Vancouver. Oh, in Vancouver. Yeah, like, no one's, I, I don't think, I had, the only soccer people I knew were the people I was playing, like, recreational soccer mm. with. And even those people didn't watch soccer. So it, it was not prevalent like, oh. at all. No one watched soccer. It, it was very rare to know anybody. I didn't have many, and either, you know me, I like, I love soccer. I, I love, yeah. I love playing soccer. And so it it was it kind of like lonely as a soccer fan growing up because, uh, there's just no one around me that played soccer or watched soccer. Right. Yeah. Because it was so unpop Like it, like no one watched soccer back then, bro. In 2005, 2006, no one, Premier League wasn't as big as it is now. So
0: it's kind of crazy to think that like, you know, this, this week Canada played for the qualifiers and they won all three games. They're undefeated. And it's like, what happened, bro? It's crazy, bro. I, I wish this, I wish this was happening when we were young. You know what I mean? And I was just like, maybe we could have been pro players. Maybe you could have played for the Whitecaps or uh, Pacific FC or, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's kind of, it's kind of wild to think that. And, um, well, yeah. So you 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 start watching United because of Park Ji Sung, and then was he like your favorite all time Korean player? I mean, not Korean, your all time United player? Uh yes.
1: But also with a certain other players too, if that makes sense. Because he didn't play every game, and so it was a while watching every game, you have to kind of like other the other players too, because he was never yeah. on. Sometimes, some seasons, he was just never playing. <laughs> yeah, <I'm>, and
0: so. <laughs> I remember this one time we had a conversation where he was like, his performance was dipping and you're kind of getting upset with the, with the managing. You're like, you're like, the guy's getting older. He cannot just play big games. He needs to be playing more consistently at smaller games too. Right. And I remember thinking that I right. was like, I was like, Oh, it's like, it's kind of a compliment that he trusts him for the big games that if Parky sung starts a big game, then, you know, it's a big game. But at the same time, it's like, but
1: you kind of want to see him play all the time. Right. Right but that that was more so later in his Manchester United career in the earlier parts when he first joined he just didn't play because he who was not even considered a big time like game player at that time mm. and so he would play the odd carling cup game you know <laughs> carling cup oh my god yeah i think his first manchester united goal goal was at, at a carling cup game um and yeah it, it cuz he barely got any minutes in regular football at, in the premier league and then uh and like thinking of
0: United then, wait, wait, but was your dad a United fan or like how did you stumble
1: across Manchester United if it was so hard to play uh, on TV? So, when how I found out about Pak Jizong was through my cousin. So, in 2005, uh, I think I was in Korea for the summer. Mm-hmm. And my cousin, my male cousin, he, uh, he, he said, he that's when I talked to him about soccer a lot. And that's where Park ji first came up. Like the, that's where I first learned about Park ji Yeah. And then it, that's basically what started. So my dad wasn't a fan of like, he didn't watch soccer back then. He, he he's funny enough. He's a, probably watches more soccer than I am now, right now with my mom. <laughs> it's like their new hobby. Oh, that's cool. Um, it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of, kind of cool. Uh, so we talk about that, uh, and uh, yeah, he so he wasn't a fan. Uh, so I learned it through my cousin. And that, that's from there, I kind of took it on on my own uh, because he was Korean and it was kind of cool to see a young playing soccer. And mm. in, like, mind you, Manchester United like that.
0: <laughs> Where was that's he before? Crazy, right? He was in Eindhoven, right? Before going to United? We yeah. Went, he was oh. at PSV Eindhoven with Lee Young-Pil. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I forgot. He, I totally forgot he played for the Whitecaps for like two, three seasons. And uh, and he came to Montreal once, and I remember all the Korean people. And one of one of our friends, or one of the guys we knew, Korean guys, like pretty much stalked him around Montreal to find out where he was staying at. Yeah, it eventually bumped into him. Oh man, what a creep!
1: I think he he uh, went to Kanadara, the restaurant. Yeah, that, uh, the owner that who's our uh, mutual friend of ours.
0: Yeah, he went to Kanadara. Yeah, the one the restaurant was, I don't know if I told you the restaurant. Uh, they closed it.
1: Yeah, I, I heard that. Yeah, they only
0: have the bar now. Right? They only have the bar. Uh, all those not from Montreal definitely go check out Ganadara Bar. It's it's amazing, it's an amazing establishment. Important for the Korean community in Montreal. And but like for Manchester United, so you watched it from two thousand five. You you heard it from your cousins. And but before before watching United, were you watching it at all, or like were you only catching World Cup games?
1: I think I, I, I wasn't, I definitely wasn't watching any soccer at that time. Yeah. Okay. To be honest, like 2005, we were pretty young if you think about it, right? Yeah. That was, what is it now? So that's 17 years ago. So <laughs> Yeah. That's like, what do you watch? You watch Pokemon at that age, man. Like You don't watch <laughs> <like> soccer. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's okay. um, so true. Uh, so, but the only soccer I knew was playing from FIFA games though. That I mm-hmm. still, uh. I think I told you this before a long time ago. I actually I think my first favorite team I was a fan of not by watching soccer but but playing FIFA was AC Milan.
0: <laughs> yeah, cuz I mean that team was disgustingly good from like 2000 to 2006. That was like a yeah. stupid stupid team.
1: Yeah, I remember playing FIFA 02, I think for 2002. Um oh, or, man. or oh, was it 04? They like they didn't use the full year, the like they thought it was a cool thing to do 02 or 04. I could yeah. be wrong, but some reason I remember that, um, yeah, but I, so it's
0: funny because like, um, I feel like when most people start watching soccer, AC Milan always, especially our generation, AC Milan always comes up. Cause like, they're just, I always thought the red and black, red, red and black stripes were like super cool. I love them as jerseys and not going to lie, when I see like a plain red, like Liverpool United, I was like, that's oh, kind of boring compared to, you, to compared to Milan. But, but once you got into Manchester United, was there something about the club besides Park Ji-sung that you were like really into it? Like, what about it, about the culture on the club that you were like, I love about this, like, I love everything about it.
1: At that time, it was predominantly Park Ji-sung, really, to be okay. very honest with you. Yeah. But it was only later on when, you know. Realizing the more I watched it and the more I became a fan of Manchester United, that's when I started learning more, right? Like, as like a true fan would actually like naturally yeah. over time, learning about this player, learning about that. But so naturally that's just by supporting my I started learning about who Paul Scholes, was. like, like no one knows about Paul Scholes. If you didn't watch football, it, Yeah, right? If you yeah. ask any regular personnel, if you ask who Paul Scholes is, they're not going to tell you who that is, you know, yeah, true. unless they watch soccer. And so through that, I started learning about the class of 92 players that, all, we, that obviously that's a term that we used after the fact. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, when I was growing up, it, like those players, so Ryan Gates, um, Gary Neville, I mean, Gary Neville was never good. I, mean, I wouldn't say phenomenal, but he's, <laughs> at that time, he was still on av- better than average. And so yeah. he was consistent. And yeah, so it's like all like just like all the players that, that were there and you, you and if you watch them every day, you just actually became a fan of the, the different types of players and the personalities and in the team, uh, how you would know is just, you know, like obviously from the interviews or, or mm-hmm. like, uh, or, or just after like that quick moments you you see after the game or right before the game, you know, we don't have that YouTube access as we do now, but back then you all you, yeah. It, so. It was just watching the different types of players. And and I think naturally it just grew attached to the team.
0: Yeah. I mean, oh, I just remember, didn't you go to Old Trafford at some point?
1: Yeah, I did. Oh, I mean, kind of just tie in with uh, me going to Manchester. uh, One of the reasons why I think it's exciting to be a Manchester United fan is it's because we always win like the last <laughs> couple minutes of the game, it, time, it, it, yeah, the derby time. It, it, like every soccer fan knows what that is because it's, it's, it's crazy. It probably drives people crazy if you're not a Manchester United fan, but if you are, it, it's, it's like euphoria. It, it, it's insane when when we win like that. Mm. And so, I got to kind of experience that uh, in 2011 uh, after I think graduating St. uh my family and I went to. Uh, we took a London or yeah, a London trip, and, and then we went to Manchester to go watch a Manchester uh, game in August, I think, of two thousand eleven. And I think it was like the first game or the second game of the season, and that's the game where Manchester United beat Arsenal eight two. Whoa, uh, that one! Yeah, and Holy so, crap. and Park scored in that game too. And so, dreams come true this and and yeah just to see my team there and then my favorite players song coming on like chanting with all the seventy six thousand 000 bands in the stadium like that if once you see that like you're a forever fan like once you get to experience that firsthand it, yeah it, wow it was it was it, it's an experience that i can't explain like it, it it's very hard it's like it's unreal yeah so i that's why i recommend anyone who travels to europe especially like so anywhere in england go watch a soccer game go watch a football yeah game. It, Hundred percent, and you know him better than anybody. Uh, you do that all the time, and I'm sure you know the experience. Well, I mean,
0: I've only been to two European games, and I think it's like the same amount as you. Perhaps I think didn't you wa- also watch a Chelsea game at some point?
1: Yeah, I watched the Chelsea. That's oh, same trip. I watched uh, a Chelsea Norwich game. I think it was. Yeah. <laughs> what a downgrade. Wow. <laughs> yeah, but the players still on Chelsea. It was Torres, Drogba. Oh
0: man. <sighs> Well, Juan Mata must have been on a team. Yeah, Juan Mata, yeah. I wow. That team, too. And I then, uh,
1: so it was, it, they tied.
0: If I'm thinking about the Chelsea team, there's, like a okay, Dragva, Torres, Maluda, Lampard, John Terry. Uh, yeah,
1: John Terry Peter was probably still there. Peter
0: Cech? Yeah, he still. probably was still there, yeah. Yeah, yeah he oh, must have been still there. That's a
1: vintage Chelsea. That's cool. That's
0: amazing. But, like, um. That was 11 years, holy years ago. Oh, time flies, eh? Uh. But then, like, how is Manchester as a city? Because every every time I like hear interviews or look it up, people are like, oh, it's a little dodgy, it's a little sketchy, as a city, or it just has a like a grit to it or something
1: like that. Yeah, um, it's it's a less dense London, pretty much. Yeah, it's, probably that's <laughs> the best way to describe it. Um, so nap from that would add a lot of train sound nearby. There you have Manchester. <laughs> 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 great I, Thai food though. Like thai great food, thai, thai food bomb. yeah really? I had some great Thai food there. I forgot what the name of the restaurant was but it was pretty bomb wow. I was pleasantly surprised yeah. I, I didn't uh, expect Manchester Man- Manchester
0: United Manchester to have good Thai food like Indian food I mean I feel like that's across the UK but
1: like not not Thai food yeah, yeah I was pleasantly surprised <laughs> um, I, the past uh, but oddly enough the past that we had was also crap like that one time we had it, uh, but Typhoon was good. Um, and city was, yeah, it was great. I, I enjoyed it. I, I am, I'm so heavily biased, that, uh, it itself was nice. You know, it's so like, I can't, I'm sorry. You're, you're listening this through a very biased Manchester United fan, So naturally anything ugly and bad just looked great. <laughs> so I <laughs> had a phenomenal time there.
0: So your experience at Old Trafford sucks. The city sucks. The Thai food's garbage. It's not good because of your bias. Yeah, for
1: all I know, that we might be true. <laughs> but honestly, I, I loved it. I, I enjoyed the experience there. Um, I I think I told you this before. I that once I may if I become super successful, I would love to have a Temporary home, like a condo or something, you know? something like something small that I can go there, to go watch Manchester United games when I, when I want to. That's such a flip.
0: <laughs> that's such a flip.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that's realistic. I'm, I'm saying it's a goal that I want to set but it's for myself. I you know? think, but, I think, I think you can get there. You sure. can get there, yeah. uh,
0: hopefully, because I'm gonna. I mean, I'm gonna mooch off priorities. You know, I'm gonna shamelessly mooch off if that happens. Like, hey, I'm just gonna tag along. You can't say no. And just follow you. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, let's, oh, okay. You I don't want just, that? Okay, forget it. <laughs> No. <laughs> no,
0: because it's not going to happen. Let's be real. But anyways, you never know. You never know. But like, because like I was, um, before the pandemic, I planned a trip to the UK. I, I, don't, I don't remember. I told you this, but uh, I bought two tickets to Liverpool. And I was going to land in London, spend a few days there. And then, and then with a friend, we were going to go to Manchester and then to Liverpool. And then I was going to go to Scotland. That friend was going to go back to London. And I was really looking forward to Manchester because I, I booked for one night and I was like, I just want to get a feel of the city and a, a nice vibe. But the one thing I was really looking forward to, to Manchester and Liverpool is hearing their Northern accents. So did you understand anything that a Mancunian said to you when you're in Manchester in their thick accent?
1: Well, the waitress at the Thai food restaurant was, I believe, Thai or <laughs> that type of agent. And so... I couldn't really get the, you know, (laughs) I couldn't get the, you know, British, the Mancunian uh, uh, accent. Not at the game? Uh, I mean, her just just normal British accent. I couldn't really tell the difference. Like, you know, everything sounds British. If you're not living there, you can't really (laughs) differentiate between Mancunian and, and, and Scouse, you know? Yeah, yeah. But obviously, if you compare one by one, I'm sure you can. But like at that time, it just yeah, you know, it sounds like every other British uh, accent, which is cool, right? Like anytime you're visiting abroad, especially like the UK, it's just they sound so much more sophisticated. Just when you talk to them, yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, I don't know
0: because <laughs> when I was there, I was like, it yeah. it it either sounded really passive aggressive, or just really um, how can I say this? Uh, poetic in the cussing. I feel like the cuss words felt more poetic, like bellend. I mean, that's like a soft cuss word, but I just <laughs> always loved that. I'm like, oh, this balance or a bellend. I'm like, oh, that's, that's such a nice word. And then I realized it's like, right. oh, it's, it's like an insult over there, which is a fun cultural experience. But, uh, well, like when you, when you started like watching Manchester United or learning about it, what, was there like something about the culture of Manchester United that you really
1: resonated with? It, it was, yeah, it was just like that die, like, I guess the best way to explain it, to explain also why I like Pachi's own way of playing is the never giving up attitude. Like just mm. like a wild dog, just bickering, you know, doing whatever the, uh, the, the owners kind of orders the dog to do kind of thing, right? Like that, that insane, um, uh, work rate. And that's what the whole team did always, uh, no matter how crappy they played, um, always till the dying minute you can just see them still like running as much as they can and, and and so seeing that that naturally you just feel like something's gonna happen all the time to the very last minute you feel like oh they're gonna score eventually you can just feel a goal coming and when it does that's why i say it's euphoric because mm-hmm. when it does happen it the, imagine thinking it will happen and it does happen more like every big game almost and so it, and then seeing players that you watch every day, or every week, or whatever, once a week, or every two two times a week, sometimes, uh, yeah, it's 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 a great feeling. And so I would could say it was that that never, never give up, never dying attitude of just relentless running. Uh, so that's why it's so hard being a Manchester United fan now because it's, it's like the total opposite.
0: Yeah, what do you think? What went wrong, according to you? Because like I've been talking to a lot of United fans, and they've been giving me—they're all kind of saying the same thing, and the difference between the answers are all kind of nuanced. So, what's your take? What what is what went wrong, or what's going wrong?
1: There's no one thing, but at the very high level, it's the directors, the owners yeah. of the clubs. I have one agreement. Really, after ten years of since Sir Alex Ferguson retired, what 2012? So yeah. that's ten years now. But basically, the last eight years or so, it was, or plus, it, it's just the insane management. Like, um, the the they were just trying to Americanize the sport a little bit. And just, like, not, not, not in a negative way, but just, just how American sports are run. Right. Uh, no, um, and so that's not necessarily a bad thing, because it works in the U.S., right? That's why it makes a lot of money. But when you're trying to do that in the midst of such a big global team and, and, and uh, yeah, when you're trying to commercialize the beautiful sport of football, it, it like it, it's naturally just not going to be successful. Right. And so that's why having multiple managers and, um, just core decisions at the high level from Ed Woodward, thank God he's finally leaving his role, um, But then there's still rumors of him still having some type of minor role um, just to avoid the public eye a little bit. Um, So that's kind of annoying, but it's not confirmed. So, But yeah, it it really comes down to the high-level management. And so either... I think it it will change now slowly because they're finally kind of changing internally of uh, having to hire a technical director, a football director, whatever you call it. Uh, who manages the football side of things, not just the business side? Because Ed Woodward was both between the business side and the football side, which is oh. he's amazing at the business side. The, the football side, he was just terrible. He does, he's just not. He doesn't know the world of football, and so naturally, yeah. he just you know, mess up. I mean, that makes sense. How many center mids
0: that could play a number ten? Do you have on the team like Juan Mata, Pogba, Bruno Fernandez, Donny Van de Beek before he went to Everton? Like you, like all these center mids that kind of play the same position. You know what I mean? Like it kind of, and now it all makes sense where there, here's a man who's better at business, but not really about football. It kind of reminds me of Club de Foot Montreal a little bit, but anyway, we move from that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but okay. So that's like a front office. So you think front office issues, they are Americanizing it a little too, too much, but what about
1: like on the field and training and like management
0: or like team management and whatnot?
1: Yeah, it's, I don't know, every single one failed, right? So, like, what can I say? There's nothing really much to say then. it's been all of them failures. Um, what was the first one? David Moyes. Oh, my God. That was just horrible. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, how could, I mean, but I think anyone who follows Sir Alex Ferguson, it's just naturally going to fail. You're just being compared yeah. to the greatest manager of all times. Yeah. And so. And then we had, like, what, with Ryan Giggs for a couple months, and then. That this doesn't really count. Uh, and then what was it? Was it Josie Marini right? on No, Louis Vangel. Or Vendor. Louis Vangel. Uh, oh yeah. Louis Vangel, uh, <laughs> he's just, we, we need boy. to stop hiring old managers. Yeah. We need to stop hiring like <laughs> old managers. We need to find someone a bit younger. Uh, you know, like someone like Thomas Tuchel, you know, someone of that caliber, but there isn't one I would say right now. Uh, I actually was not a fan of Thomas Tuchel, but now I am. Uh, yeah,
0: more so. This Chelsea team is really, I mean, yeah, they're in third right now, but that doesn't matter. They're just playing amazing.
1: It's just fun to watch. Yeah. I just enjoy watching yeah. them. It's just fun when they yeah. play. <laughs> yeah. When they don't, it's oh, it's horrible. Hard. But So how did you feel about,
0: uh, Share and now, uh, Ragnarok or Ragnarok, Ragnik, whatever it was, it's
1: Ragnik? Ragnik. Yeah. Ragnarok, Ragnik, yeah. Ralph Ragnik, RR, uh, it's a shame that Ole Gunnar, Sloshar had to leave, uh, had, to, you know, had, to, had to be sacked um, as a true, you know, I didn't necessarily grow up. I watched him only his last year of retirement, that 2005 season, I think it was his probably, or I think he played one more season 2006. So okay. I only had maybe watched him for like almost two seasons. And so, but anyways, to see a former player that I kind of watched to be the manager of the team, I thought it, would be, it was great. Like what he did in the beginning was great. Of you he had it. remember it was like fourteen games or something, like he like it was a good run they had you know just yeah, that's why because he, he was fighting for his job right because he was on an interim manager at the time, too, ah, yeah,, um, okay. and then he kind of not i mean, I guess he did prove himself with going through that big long streak and but after he signed, that's when things turned. um that's when things just turned horribly. I think he was just he had no, he's a terrible coach. I think manager. He's a terrible, he's probably okay at man management stuff. Like he's just in triple like actual tactics and stuff. I just, I think that's where he lacks ultimately. Yeah. I
0: feel like he'd be, he'd make a better like uh offensive coach because you know how like same with Thierry Henry, right? Where him as a manager overall is very questionable. Like I, I, when I see him, when (laughs) when I see him with Montreal, I would see him putting players where it just did not make any sense. I'm like, why are you, Samuel Piet, a pure holding midfielder number six, he puts him right mid. I'm like, why? What? Like, what are you doing? And um, I don't know. That doesn't make sense. But then he's an amazing forward coach for Belgium, and Belgium scored the most amount of goals uh, in the 2018 World Cup. Seven different players scored. So I'm like, yo, as a forward coach, like he's amazing. So I feel like Solskjaer might be a better that than anything. But then like, if if Ragnick were to go. Who would you replace him with if you want a younger coach? Like you want Zidane?
1: Well, he is gonna go because he's only interim. Uh, oh yeah, true. He's gonna see. I think he's uh, he's staying on until the rest of the season, and then he's switching over to that football director or okay. whatever they call it. They have so many different names for it: technical yeah. director, sporting or director, sporting director. This is GM, uh, right? This is, this is GM, right? It, it's a new, it's a new position because. It, huh. Football wasn't as commercialized back in the day. And so they didn't never need it that one person could do every business side and the football side. Now that uh. the clubs are getting so much, bringing more money in, and it's getting more competitive, you need, you know, higher-skilled people. You can't, now you have to delegate. And so that's why they have, with like, two branches. Down, oh, okay. That's what all, every te- single team is trying to do. At least the big teams, right? The big, big teams that, that are commercialized the, over the world. Yeah. Um, you, You're Real Madrid, your Barcelona, you know. Yeah. Yeah, not not your Man cities. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they started that anyway.
0: Um, like, oh, actually, okay. How does it make you feel that city is just so
1: amazing, knowing that you've been a yeah. fan since two thousand five? Like, I, I I it sucks, right? As a rival fan, it sucks. It's horrible, but I. I I there's two sides. Of it. As a Manchester loyal Manchester United fan, I, I hate it, right? Because yeah. it's like our direct rivals, literally winning the league every single year almost. Yeah. Um, and the manager is just phenomenal. The players they have is the bench just beautifully curated at this time. Yeah. Um, just very balanced. Uh, and it's uh, and so it sucks as a rival fan because that core. We're, that's what Manchester United is ultimate missing. We individually, we have phenomenal world-class players too. It's just that they don't gel together. That's the main difference. And, and that really comes down to like the management and, and the higher out position. Um, but yeah, it just, mm. it sucks. But then if, as a football fan, I, it's great. Great to see because yeah, the oil money sucks, but it's, it, it ha it has made the sport more competitive too, at the same time. Yeah, you, fair you, enough. You, you have to see the other flip side. Naturally, it's yeah, it's not like it's not the it's not the natural way of doing it, right? But then, like everything, money enters competition, no matter like sooner or later. Yeah, yeah, yeah true. And so it, it's it's just that's just people how when money gets involved when money gets involved it just turns like that. And so yeah, unfortunately, but it's great. Uh, I I think there's you got to just look at the positives of of it too. Um, yeah. And and Man City, like you right, you can watch beautiful games. Like right? they the football they play, phenomenal, right? You you watch Man City City games.
0: I try RB, I think I try not to. I try not to because it's like it's like it, it's like it's like one of those things where you watch, you're like, Man, you're so good. Like it's it's almost unfair. You know what I mean? Like it took Liverpool forever to to get to where they're at now. I mean, granted, it took Man City forever to get to where they're at they're at now, but when Pep Cardiola came, it was almost overnight. They're like, Oh yeah, we're we're just like English Barcelona, the way we play. actually no, the first season people shat on Guardiola like, oh, you can't play that tiki-taka here. And then he kind of proved them wrong and won the league almost every other year. But I mean, it's a good point because he said, you know, the money is uncomfortable, it's not part of the English culture or not just, it's just not a part of European football culture, but it does make the game competitive and more fun and more interesting. That's why the whole Newcastle thing felt really awkward to me because I I saw I see it the same way as you. It's like I don't feel comfortable that here's a you know a country with who's done a lot of questionable human rights things, uh, which is probably a fact at this point. But you know the money pumping into Newcastle that a lot of those fans kind of really were waiting for something like this, and you know that the signings they'll bring might make their game better. Not I'm not I I don't want people to think that I support this. I'm just you know sort of speaking objectively here. Um. Yeah, I, I that's why I'm interested. In. Let's we'll see how you uh, Newcastle United ends up uh, playing at the end. But then, but going back to Manchester United,
1: uh, how do you feel about Paul Pogba? I love him. I know. I grew up watching him. Uh, I've seen him literally leave Manchester, come back. It, you know, so, but it sucks that he had so many problems with injuries and uh and so he hasn't been had it i don't think he, honestly he had just had enough he had enough time but also he had he didn't have enough good time is what i'm saying to gel with the team and grow into the team and i think it's kind of too late now it's beyond the turn it, it, it probably requires so much mental ability to overcome where he is right now and so i, I don't think he had that he, he's a in terms of his football skill he's a world-class player but mentally i don't think he's he just it, it's just not the right environment for him it? Oh. I, I'm not saying he can't do it. I'm just saying it's probably not the right environment for him to have to have that urge to fight for everything you no know, to put to be a Manchester United player. Yeah. Um, again, I could be proven wrong, but from just the performances, the way his Matthew lets his agent talk for him, like if, if you were playing for Manchester United and you were a diehard player who who bleed who, who for the club. Uh, those are the real Manchester. That's like the actual Manchester United player, like that. What defines a Manchester United player? To bleed for the club, to do everything for the club. Um, and so with Pogba, you just you don't see that. Um, hmm. uh, it's, yeah. And again, that's arguable, but just no, from I, a fan's view, that's how I see it.
0: I kind of agree because when I spoke to another Manchester United fan, uh, her name is Janelle. She she brought up that. Uh, there's probably too much money given to these young players, and it sort of made them into celebrities, and so makes things a little too comfortable for them. Whereas, you know, you know what I mean. Like when he was at Juve, he had to kind of prove himself to, you know, to say like I'm a professional footballer. I decide I, you know, I have to convince them that I belong on the starting eleven. Whereas for this one, they did a huge music video, they made it into a franchise player, and they don't build a team around him. And that's where I'm like, what's what's happening? Like, what are, you, what, are you, what are you guys doing over there? And um, but also another player, CR7. Do you like the fact that he's back, or do you think it may have disrupted something?
1: <laughs> do you want the loyal fan answer, or do you want the I'll, rational football? I'll, so I'll give you my loyal fan. I love it. I love that he's back. It's like again, it's like Pogba coming back times ten. Like yeah, it's Cristiano Ronaldo, right? He's the, he's the actually guy I watched growing. Comp- 2005, when Ji-sung and Cristiano Ronaldo were head to head fighting for the left side of the field, Ji-sung at one point was built in a better form and playing more games than Ronaldo at one point. Obviously, that way, <laughs> way, 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 that comparison can never be. But at that time, you got to understand Cristiano Ronaldo wasn't the same player that we know then, right? That's yeah. when he was still very young and very growing, like especially 2005, right? He only signed 2004. Um, from Sporting Lisbon when he was 18 years old. Um, mm-hmm. and so he, uh, he was, he was still developing. So obviously at that time, so like him and Pakistan were a uh, comparison, uh, were being compared, Pakistan was leading, funny enough, yeah. very short. Uh, <laughs> but then what's the rational side? Oh, uh, the, ra- and the, the rational side is it probably got only fired, I think, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think when Oli he ended that previous season pretty well with that team finishing second. He had Mark performing. Like the the team itself was very good. Like Bruno Fernandes was in great form, or coming back to great form. But then I think Cristiano kind of disrupted not the yeah, locker room per se, but I think just the formation and that team how the team played. Uh-huh. See so they see so they, so they lost that natural fluidity in the team in the team. Um because they have to make had to shift around in all those And and then obviously Ali being a loyal servant to Man United he also has feelings for Cristiano Ronaldo who is a leg, who himself is a legend at the club obviously he's going to play every game <laughs> yeah right and and so that disrupted where Mason Greenwood was playing that disrupted where Rashford was playing like whole team and then Jordan Sancho coming also made it more difficult for Martial that's why Martial now left you know and yeah definitely has disrupted the team so irrationally yes it has messed up the team but I still want to believe as a loyal fan that it can still work out great
0: yeah I think when you said some of those names I think Jesse Lingard should be should leave I I really think Jesse Lingard should leave because when he was at West Ham he looked like I was like oh this is the guy we've been waiting for and it's clear that United's like doesn't have room for him Pogba should probably leave too But Mason Greenwood's gone forever. Like his career is over. That 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 fucking idiot. Like he. I'm just what a shitting human being, dude. Like I just. Anyways. Yeah, like it's just um. Actually, as a Manchester United fan, how did you feel when you hear heard about that story? Uh, the the news about Mason Greenwood. I I was just like, I was shocked,
1: just appalled. I mean, I I think how I found out was some posts, on like either on Twitter, I think, or on Instagram. I think it was Twitter. And then I saw the actual audio because it was right underneath the actual post, and so I heard the audio. That when you hear the audio, it's it's so bad. It, yeah, you can tell that's him. Like because I've I've seen his interviews, I've seen you know, um, it just sounds like him. Obviously, it's not video evidence, but it's just audio. I mean, it sounds like him. So like, again, he they, he could be. Like I'm not defending you, but. But anyways, I'm not going to defend it. But, but, um, <laughs> That's your lawyer's side. But I'm side. saying, like... <laughs> your lawyer's side was kicking it right there. Uh, uh, but I, I, he's shitting me. He needs to go. So as a Man United fan, I, I mean, first thing I thought beyond a fan, just horrible for the human person. Yeah, it's a girl who went through it. Um, and then as a football fan, it's like, are the Man United fan, oh my God, like, he just took the mantle from Ryan Giggs. It's it's that number eleven. Business. Oh my some God! Cursed. Right, there's some cursing with the number eleven man, um, and so he's it's a phenomenal. Time that that's lost now forever. I'm just it, it it is true, which I think is ninety nine point nine 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 percent true that it did happen. Um, yeah, uh, it's it's bad. It's it's just uh, it's a shame. It's, it's a, a shame. shame. It's a shame because like.
0: The one when I when I read the news, I was like, I I thought of it this way. Obviously, with everything you said, I thought it the same way. But also, I thought about like, as like an athlete, as a performer, you know that only this is a very not everyone gets to play for Manchester United. Not anyone gets to play for Manchester United. You know what I mean? Just from like as a soccer player perspective, obviously the human aspect. I don't think I need to say more because we're all on board that. I hope she's okay. Well, I know she's physically okay, but I'm talking about mentally. I hope she's okay. Really, I hope she'll bounce back, and and. And just like, you know, a lot of children, a lot of young boys, especially us two who've always dreamed to play professionally professionally at some point in our lives, know how hard it is to get to that level and know dudes who've tried to get to that level and they just couldn't make it. And you have this guy who gets there and just, lack of bad word, just fucks it all up because of his just stupidity and just his, his shitty behavior. And it's, and I, I was just really upset. I was like, it just it's it's just a flood of emotions just kicking in. I'm like, what are you doing, man? Like, what are you doing? It's uh, it's really upsetting. And well, it's funny. Well, it's not well, it's not funny. But like, um, number 11's curse it also seems like number seven jersey is a little curse, too uh, at United. Because
1: oh, yeah, I wouldn't say that, but he's back, so we'll, we'll see. It's not that it's not written in Sonya. Let him I mean... let him finish the season.
0: I mean, Di Maria, I mean, he was amazing his first few months. And then like, it just, everyone turned on him because he was being played out of position. He's a snake. No, he, he's so good. I'm a huge he's Di Maria fan. Why is he a
1: snake? He's a snake. Why? He's a snake. <laughs> Why is he a snake? He's just a snake, man. Like, he, he, the club bought him. I think he was like the most expensive. Like, a- at some point, was something outrageous. I can't remember. At that time, it was like, yeah, like, he's not the most explorer player in the world. Like, at first, like, it was like a British record or something. I, some record he broke. I forgot what it was. Um, but yeah, he breaks it. So like Manchester United pretty good money. And then he played okay at first. And then he just fell apart with Vanguard. He didn't get along with Vanguard. And then uh, Miguel was just a terrible madman. So it's just not really going to happen when you have sensitive guys like a snake like that guy. Um, and he, he makes some snarky comments about the team and about Manchester United after he left. Uh, yeah. And so, and you know, there was, like games he played against us where <laughs> I think he got one of the players shoved him into like the boards and like it was, <laughs> the whole stadium was like cheery. <laughs> it was, <laughs> oh. I, I feel,
0: uh, I mean, it turns out he was right about Manchester. And <laughs> no, he wasn't. I mean, his career didn't go any better afterwards, so well, I don't know. He's been I, again, I was speaking as, a, as someone who really does. I am he a, went bit... to a farmers league, he went to a farmers, okay? Yeah, but like he's he did amazing, he almost won the Champions League. I mean, okay, I have to emphasize that almost. Because he lost to an amazing Bayern Munich squad. Because that Bayern Munich squad is just Alphonso Damien. Almost doesn't mean anything. Do you know
1: who almost won? Tottenham Spurs. They almost won <laughs> the Champions League. <laughs> Dude, that was the most boring final ever. Did you watch it? It's, it's Yeah, it's
0: the worst Champions League probably oh, that's ever been so played. Boring. I was, I was so disappointed because I was like, oh man, I'm going to watch Liverpool win their sixth or no, their seventh. No, was it sixth? I think it was a sixth. Their sixth Champions League. And I was like, oh, it's going to be exciting. After that, Barcelona come back, and then they, you know, they get a penalty two minutes in, and then Tonnen did nothing. I kind of wanted Tonnen to score, because I knew Liverpool would score again, because they're just a better team. But I was like, just do something. I want to see, a, I just wanted to see Soning min score. That's all I wanted to see.
1: I'll tell you, from what I remember, because I watched a lot closely, because uh Son. Yeah, um, Harry Kane was injured, and then he just came back. Literally, that was the game that was coming back from injury I yeah. injury or I, I think it was injury, but it could be a red card or some type of. No, it was fashion. injury. Maybe I think it was an injury. I think it was an injury. Um, and so and I knew, and he, at, in that season, Son and Kane didn't play well together because uh, just the way Pochettino plays football there, mm-hmm. those two didn't play well, never well together. It was very rare. It was okay. only after the fact um, they started playing, like through Mourinho. They played, I mean, they played well together still, but just not as well. Yeah. Not as, as efficient as my son was when he was playing alone, uh, when Kara Kane was not playing, Yeah, uh, when he was injured. Um, so having Kara Kane back, I, I really think disrupted the team, how the team played. And that's ultimately, yes, having the best, better, that great world class player, strikers, always the probably the safer choice. But I think ultimately it's like, That going back to that Ronaldo question, I, it disrupted the team. I honestly think so. Mm. Do you, how bad do you want? At
0: that time, at that time, at that time, how bad do you want Manchester United by Sarangmin?
1: Um, I mean, I would love to, but I think it's too late now. He's 30 or turning 30. Um, and so he's just in his prime right now. And so I, either they signed him this summer or, or never, but I don't think so. Mm. um if i was in Sun's case i would definitely try to move to a big club just for his last move you know last year or two three years of prime of playing well yeah um but although i do think players nowadays can play longer better yeah but not that much more like maybe a year or two at, at their prime Yeah. But nothing like they just play longer but at their prime is what i'm saying uh, you know, yeah i mean like
0: um, i mean the the players who do keep who keep playing longer into their 30s are kind of freaks of nature. Like Benzema's proving to be that. Besides Ronaldo, Ronaldo's just a freak of nature. Um, Modric, like he's still playing amazing despite being like 34, 36. I was like, dude, like you shouldn't be playing like this at that age. It's, it's crazy because like when we were younger, Zidane retired at 34 and that was considered old. And yeah. now 34 seems cool. like, oh yeah. But now 34 is like, oh, that's doable. You can do it. Yeah, Which is kind of, it's kind
1: of weird when you think about it it's come a yeah, long way 30s yeah 30 was so old back then. yeah if you turned 30 people thought your for career was basically done like 31 was like goodbye <laughs> Yo, it's so sad <laughs> uh like definitely changing now Yeah, uh, changing yeah uh i mean
0: it's good because i want to be able to see the players that i loved growing up watching continue to play you know uh, Ronaldo being one. Well, I mean, Messi's kind of weird. Messi's still amazing, but he kind of s- slowed down a bit. He's a little lazier. I don't know if you find... I mean, oh man, my Barcelona friends and Argentina friends would get so mad at what I'm saying right now, but I-, I, just, I just feel like he walks more than he runs. Messi? Yeah. yeah. Like, the last
1: few games I watched it's... play. Again, his heart is not there. I think for soccer players, football players, they really need to have that passion to... To uh, like link to the team because I'm sure it's definitely a reason why. Like he's so new at PSG, like he's not gonna feel like he's like a hero, he, like confidence. You know, he's not gonna have naturally have that. You know, he knows he's the best player in the world. Arguably, uh, I don't think he is, but most people say. Uh, you know who I'm gonna pick? Uh, biased again, uh Orsala. Who? mosa <laughs> <Who? laughs> I don't know. Uh, Moussa was phenomenal. I'm very jealous of him at Liverpool. He's so weird. But, like, who would have thought he would have been this amazing? Because,
0: like, he, you know, you know what I mean? Like, he he went from like Basel to Chelsea, then rejected by Chelsea, two clubs in Italy, comes back to England and Liverpool, and it scores like 40, 50 goals in his first season in all competitions. It's like, what? Not even Ronaldo did that. Like, who does that? So let me tell you a little
1: history here. History, <laughs> so, please. two of the best players in the Premier League right now. Who would you say it is? Most of one of them. Who, yes. who, who is the other one? You would, would you say, arguably on a consistent basis, on a consistent basis. historically, like, or, no, like in right now, right now, in right now, kind of two seasons there, uh, yeah. uh Place for Man City. Right, it should be easy. Well, Kevin De Bruyne, well, yeah, it, it, it. it by pure performance, you would have to say like Mo Salah and Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah. You have to like in terms of skill, like just not not like like the statistics. I mean, just pure, just pure yeah. world like phenomenal. Skill. Like when you watch like, them play, you're like, damn. Yeah. yeah, you have to say it's those two. You have to. Um, they both have to thank Mar- Jose Mourinho because. <laughs> They both got rejected by Josie Mourinho. Oh, that's so Kelsey. true. He's the reason why Mo got shipped off to uh, Fiorentina, I think it was, or oh. AS Roma, right? Is it Fiorentina first, and then he, he went to AS Yeah, Roma? Fiorentina first, then Roma. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Kevin De Bruyne went to Wolfsburg, you know? <laughs> that's where he fucking teared it up, like, both of them. Yeah, after they went abroad. Uh, and then I'm sure that's where they got ignited from all the shame they got from Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> so they need to thank Josie Murillo for their careers. They're much
0: they're phenomenal now. Imagine Mourinho comes out and says, like, You have to thank me for your careers. So if I didn't reject you, you wouldn't have become these Yeah. So how Watch you
1: know- Luke Shaw, world's <laughs> best play. <laughs> I'm just kidding. it's over for them. <laughs> um, uh, if anyone listening to this don't know what that reference was, they both got Outed by like Jose Mourinho basically throughout their careers. How did you feel? How do you feel about Mourinho as coach and how he left it at United? Um, I actually love Jose Mourinho as a as a manager and like the way that old school. Like if as a, I can like appreciate, I like him as a person like from what I've seen at least from the TV and stuff. Yeah. Um, but I think he's too old now, old school. Like I think that his type of soccer is just. It doesn't compete well with the type of soccer that's around now. Yeah. Um yeah, that I think that type of soccer that he plays is just uh it doesn't yeah, it's just it's not fun to watch anymore. And so yeah. um yeah, I mean so again, as a real loyal fan, I'd liked him, but then I also from a rational point it was horrible. It's just team point was not playing well. okay I mean, Yeah. It, but again, he has a lot of reasons. He, he brought the team to second place again. So he did a good job. He did a phenomenal job and he won three trophies with them. Mm-hmm. That, that year with Zlatan, uh, with, with Pogba was actually playing a lot. Uh, Luke Shaw was, uh, that actually, that's the year Luke Shaw was putting, put it into a corner. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah. No, I
0: understand. Like, um, oh yeah, actually now we saw him live at Ann Arbor at the Michigan stadium.
1: Oh, we did. Holy oh my crap. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> I remember, okay,
0: I remember, um, I'm going to tell a story from my perspective where you just, I think DSV out of Nord, they're like, yo, I got tickets to Liverpool versus Manchester United at Ann Arbor, Michigan. You want to, you want to come watch? I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm booking five days off. Let's go. And, and, uh, you were at in Indianapolis at the time, which is obviously one of the greatest cities in America, Indianapolis, 10 out of 10 uh if you if you tell me you've been to nowhere ever or if you tell me that you've been to like the most nowhere place ever no you haven't uh i mean indianapolis i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna i wanted to say this from my perspective and i'm gonna let you talk about it someone who's lived there for five years um i enjoyed it almost like an anthropologist (laughs) just to observe (laughs) what it was like to be in midwest america in a city like that i was just like i didn't know what to expect actually Speaking to locals, to the few locals I did get to speak to, I actually really thought they were cool. I thought they were really down-to-earth, really humble, really honest. And there's a lot of values about Indianapolis lights that I enjoy. Um, but anyway, I was just happy we got there. We saw Manchester United play Liverpool. Liverpool won 4-0. Uh, Shakiri scored a crazy bicycle kick. Uh, you can't make fun of Adelallana's frosted tips hair. Yeah, I did. <laughs> and uh there was a super cute Korean girl sitting behind us in a United
1: jersey. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, that was so funny. Uh, yeah. Where's that one photo that we took? And she was in the photo in the back looking I, at the photo, like looking at the camera.
0: Looking so, at the camera. And I remember just even all the Korean guys in our in our in our uh, social circle was like, yo, who's that girl? Who's that girl? We're like, we have no idea. That's why we put it up there. <laughs> if you have information. Yeah. But um, how's Indianapolis for you? <laughs>
1: And it was okay. Like I, as a, to put it in a funny way, I mean, it wasn't the best. Yeah. And, um, uh, personally, I, I grew a lot, probably most in those five years I was in indie. Yeah. Um, uh, so it, it, it's a different world there. It's a, it's yeah. a, it's its own bubble. Uh, definitely agree. Yeah. Like, and so it, it was a culture shock for me to go there when I first, cause it, it, just, it was so white America, um, I'm saying that in like, just a neutral way, like no negative cons. I mean, there's pros and cons to everything, right? There's yeah. pros and cons to every That's type right. of atmosphere, environment. That's, um, Is it racist? Yeah, lots of racism, but like, like, but I don't think it's like so much more racism than anywhere else. It's just, it's, it's just, you see it more because you're the, the, you know, the token agent everywhere you walk in almost, uh, yeah. and obviously not by the school, but if you just go to a restaurant, usually like you and I would be the token agent or or one of the token agents there. Like almost all the time. Uh, all the time. And so, I mean, you and I both grew up in very multicultural, very diverse cities. So going from that to just all white people, uh, it, it was a different, you know, it was a culture shock in a lot of ways. Because again, if, if you have that, that means you have less diverse food options. Um, and so, You only have the big chains, Panera Bread, uh, uh, Jimmy John's, uh, all these American brands that I've never eaten growing up in Canada. Yeah. Uh, But uh, and so I mean and so you you kind of have that had to adapt to that city, which I did. Um, So I and I grew to love it. I grew to love where I live because you don't want to hate where you live. Obviously, you can hate it for what it is, but you can also you have to still try to enjoy the better parts of it. That's fair. You're less yeah, toxic than right. i am i guess um but <laughs> <laughs> right but the, i mean could you imagine how negative that is though? Right. like that's, yeah that's true you, I, I like to think about i hate obviously right if you have to ask me point playing did you like that living there? no I, I didn't like living there. but uh but i it was a good growing time it was a good yeah time. it has its charm lucas oil stadium is
0: probably one of the most beautiful stadiums like i'm not even just saying this it's like on the exterior, I think it's one of the most unique and most beautiful stadiums I've seen. I think it looks really cool red brick, big glass panels. I mean, you've been inside and I saw the pictures you took inside. It looks amazing as a stadium. It's
1: beautiful. Yeah. India has its charms. India has, it it has its charms. It's, the best way I can describe it, it's its its probably just a suburban city. Okay. Uh, and that's quiet, uh, not a lot of people, not a lot of traffic. You have to drive everywhere almost. Uh, uh-huh. And yeah, and that's pretty much, it. and that's why people enjoy it. Cause it's quiet. Um, crime's a bit high, but only in area, certain areas. So if you avoid those areas, it's fine. Yeah. Um, uh, and so like Carmel, Indiana, I think was voted like one of the best cities to grow a family in the U.S. And how far and is Indianapolis? It's like 20, 25 minutes. It's not wow. That far. It's just right up. Yeah. It's just 25 minutes from downtown. Carmel, Indiana. Uh, even in Carmel, Indiana. I think Carmel, Indiana also is known for having the most, or one of the most, prob- I think someone said the most, but Indiana, people always say uh, they have the most something, uh, <laughs> they have the most, uh, roundabouts, uh, <laughs> that's in weird, fact. That's a I weird know fact. weird are back, but it, it, there are a lot of, a lot of roundabouts in Carmel, Indiana. <laughs> uh, okay. Sorry. You're it's efficient. It's efficient.
0: It's efficient. Yeah. I mean, it's that's efficient. good. Uh, I feel like a city's infrastructure reflects how do people think? Uh, and also, it's a certain economic, uh, it's economic realities and it's population realities. So it's like, all right, cool. You got a lot of roundabouts. That means when it comes to driving, you're efficient. So smart. I appreciate that. But I feel like I'm really pulling threads here. <laughs> but but um, what do you remember from that? Okay. But going back to Manchester United and then, uh, Liverpool at Ann Arbor, what do you remember from that game? I remember a lot of people, like 100,000.
1: There's a lot of people, and it was weird being amongst it. It wasn't as lively of a live uh, atmosphere. It, it was, was very marriage. Yeah, it was a, exactly. That's the best way to describe it. If you've ever been to an NBA game, that's basically what it felt like. But times, whatever, that many more people. Yeah. So um, I think the Liverpool fans actually were singing. So there was a good grou- crowd of the Liverpool fans that were singing. Yeah. Songs. But from the United side, there was no one really chanting. Um, it was kind of quiet. Uh, it was very quiet. Uh, I think it was, you could hear me complaining <laughs> <You could laughs> complain. more because no one would say anything. Uh, I know. It was funny. But, you're, yeah. you're making other people
0: laugh with the comments you're making. And I was just like, oh, that's really funny. <laughs> like,
1: Yeah. Like, Lilana had, I think, tracks the tip. So that was funny. Um, yeah. And then... And then um, uh, you know what I remember the but most? Yeah, it with,
0: is, I remember Van Dyke. That's what I remember the most. I think we just kept commenting how tall he was and how Alexis Sanchez had to go up against Van Dyke, which his head, Sanchez's head went up to his like lower chest. And Van Dyke, Dijk- and then they always gave Alexis Sanchez long high balls to him. And then Van Dyke's marking him. I'm like,
1: that's so cruel. Like, that's not even fair. Like, what are you, Mourinho? What are you doing? he was so much bigger like wow like remember, i remember you and i were talking about that mentioning how much bigger he was than everyone else in the field yeah uh and then we saw mozala too that's kind of crazy to think about it. we saw some good players that day so, Sal- oh yeah Manif- did yeah did money play that day I, I that don't, i don't really
0: no he no, no no he was still at the world cup so this
1: is like two weeks after the world cup so i think he he got off yeah, I don't remember if he was there or not, so I can't confirm. Um I know it's like some yeah, a lot of those players left though, Liverpool and Man United. See both both sides. Andrew Guerrero yeah. is no longer here. Oh and that's the season we signed Fred. Oh my god, who knew he would be such a floral <laughs> player? You mean a pivotal midfielder in your starting 11th <laughs> i
0: I'm
1: so embarrassed as a Man United Man United fan. Just oh my god. Yes, he's improved, but like
0: no, I'm sorry. it's just, always it. It's always happens. You Manchester, Santa, you always sign like one highly touted player who ends up being really just mediocre or like
1: normal or average. You know what I mean? That was more so when Fergie was around. I I, I agree with that because Fergie had he, he just it's not always about the football skill he goes for. Sometimes Fergie it's personality, right? It's it's like the whole thing, like the fat, like the way the families, the parents are, like he cares about that. Like, mm. um, which is cool. Which is yeah, really cool. Which is cool. Which is cool. If you read his audio, uh, biography, it's, he goes into it pretty, pretty, deep. and I thought, wow, that's, um, it's about leadership. It's called like the book is called leadership, <laughs> I think, or <laughs> okay. something like that, uh, but I recommend anyone to check that out. If you haven't read it, Spice or Alex some Propaganda, but okay. Um,
0: <laughs> 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 but what I remember from that game was, um, there were so many fans and they were all like legitimate American Manchester United Liverpool fans. They waited like, they waited forever to watch this type of game in their own backyard, you know? And I felt that appreciation come from the fans. So that's the one thing I really liked. Everyone's just excited to be there. Like no one, no one wanted to fight. We're all here to have a good time, right? Um, I remember singing, uh, you'll never walk alone. And I just vividly remember the Manchester United fans behind me were so annoyed. Because I was standing up, being obnoxious, and singing my heart
1: out, and you were—I think you were embarrassed—that you're like, "What is he doing?" I was the most mad, probably the most mad person there. <laughs> it's a beautiful song. standing beside. If disclaimer, no one knows this. Jisoo here is a Liverpool fan. Claims to be. <laughs> Claims to be. Uh, he also wears an Everton jersey. No one does this, okay? So, so you tell me who is the most. okay? <laughs> you, know,
0: you know what's funny? The other podcasts I do, uh, when they found my pictures of me wearing Everton jerseys, they just never let go. Like, our our group chat picture is me in the Everton jersey, they're like always a toffee, you're a secret toffee, a toffee fan. I'm like, man, that would uh, I fun think, pack. I think a fun fact. <laughs>
1: Hey, you, don't you have an, you haven't ever Jersey, no? Huh? Yeah. I, I think, uh, what our mutual friend that we had, went to school, uh, we, we got it together. It was like a deal. Uh, at that time, I don't know. Like, it was cheap. I got it. Like, and then we just, you wore it every time we play soccer. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. we well, played a lot. Of, oh, man, we've been on a lot of teams together. Like, uh,
0: remember at McGill? <laughs> remember at McGill, the, you made, you, there was like, uh. What was that Korean team called? That would become like a franchise. FC, Korea, team, Korea FC. Korea FC, but a C, not a K. And, um, but then there was one year, there was too many people. So there was like an A team and a B team. And then you were asked, you were on the A team, but they asked you to go manage the B team as captain and you were like, reluctantly been like, fine. And then you recruited me for that B team. And, uh. But it was only for McGill students, but I was a cordia student, so I had to go <laughs> so I had to go by uh, I don't want to say his name, but I had to go by one of our mutual friends who was Chinese, and uh, no one ever guessed it except for the one Korean guy who was checking all the IDs and he looked at me, and he was like, This is not you, but I'm gonna let this go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I just remembered that team being um, I don't want to be mean, but this like mm. it
1: was horrible. Yeah. It was, um, let's not, let's not, let's not lie here. Um, it was horrible, but it was fun for us, for us too. Cause, um, I had, we were, we were trying to motivate the team cause sometimes they played okay, like, right. And those times were fun. Yeah. When we did play. Okay. <laughs> but most times we played or we lost every game. I think. Uh, yeah, I remember this,
0: uh, one play I did. I was, I outran like three guys down the wing and I was on the left. And then I cut the ball back into the box. And then the one guy was just him and the goalie. And he just skyrockets it and gets like, you know, a field goal. And I remember just putting my hand on my head and be like, all you have to do is just tap it. Like, yes, it's just the goalie could have saved it, but just put it on target at least. And I just remember being, I remember in that moment, I was like, this is going to be a long season. I was like, this is going to be a very long season.
1: Yeah, it was a long season, but we looked good. Didn't we get like jerseys for that too? We got Barca jerseys. Yeah, I think we we got jerseys for that. Uh I mean we did. <laughs> <At least>. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember also
0: like when the fall uh semester ended, we played a uh, futsal. We joined the futsal league in the winter. Oh, yeah, we did. Yeah, and, and um I remember this one game you and I were late, I had to pick you up on the way there, and then you got a text from one of the guys saying like uh we took a quick break cuz they had no subs and they were tired so the ref would give them like a break. And we got to the game, and it was 3-0 for them. And then as soon as we got on the field, we brought it back to 3-3. And then we still lost at the end, I think. I do remember this, bro. I'm so sorry. No, I remember this because I remember telling myself, I legitimately played super amazing, and it was still wasn't good enough to, to <laughs> do this team <laughs> play. <laughs> yeah. I, see, it must be bad because I can't even remember. 'Cause I no, I remember you being upset being like, I don't know what to do. <laughs>
1: like I just don't know what to do with this. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I remember because we did come we were late for some reason, right? Well I woke up late. I woke up late and they just had a snowstorm. And and oh yeah, and then yeah, we tried to tie it. Yeah, we did. I, you played well. I remember now I remember. That was that was not fun. <laughs> that
0: was not but um but yeah, we played a lot of soccer. That was fun. And um, but I mean, that being said, they were all good guys. I really enjoyed hanging out with them, but they're just like not talented players. And I
1: think we're all
0: cause we were older too.
1: So they were nice.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 That's true. I like because like we were you were in your last year of university, and I was still like my second to last year of university, I think. And they were just freshmen. So they're all like mm-hmm. 18, 19 year old guys, and we we're like 23, 24. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we were that old. Were we? Were we? I don't know. I don't even I don't even know. It was so long ago. (laughs) I know it's dude for real. Um but yeah, like uh (laughs) but I do know like I really miss those days. I really do, because those were those were really fun days. Uh it was just it was because I knew that because for me at least, I was like, I knew I I never when I look back we didn't really play that much together because you'd always go away for the summer to Edmonton or to Vancouver or wherever. And that was the when, like, all the seasons would start. And that was, like, the one time I was like, oh, I get to play with Sam. This is exciting.
1: Yeah, so I missed that, man. That was fun. Yeah, we played a lot during the school year, but never during, like, the... Because I would always leave, yeah. yeah. Now, that, that I'd always... Because I was always sad about that, like, not pe- being able to play uh, soccer with you. And, uh, did David ever stay for the summer, too? Did yeah, leave? Uh, I was... There was one year it was
0: uh uh for those who don't know, I did a podcast episode with David Leaf on the Arsenal season. There's a see there was a episode there was a season where me, it was you, me, David, and like a bunch of other really good players. And you've played only the first two, three games. And I remember just thinking, man, if Sam was here, cause you were playing a number ten and I was on the wing and I was like, if Sam was here, I think this would have been just fine. This would have been a
1: very good season. Which it still turned out to be, but you know. Ugh. Anyways. Yeah, So I, I've always missed, yeah, so I was always sad when that happens, when I left. Um, But I didn't really enjoy those those times that we played, because we played a lot of soccer, though, still, throughout the year. A lot. Any chance man. we did, we played a lot. And then there was that one time you
0: came uh, to visit from Indianapolis, and you played with my LaSalle team. And one of my friends was like, uh, yeah, one of my friends was like, yo, uh, your friend Sam, is he, is he looking for a team? I'm like, he lives in Indianapolis. They're like, we really needed someone like that on our team. I was like, I'm gonna let him know.
1: Cause I know it'll make him feel better. So yeah, we were, yeah. I remember you telling me, yeah, it was, it was so much fun. I came to visit and we traded jerseys. Remember that? You got no, yeah. in the Indy 11 jersey? Yeah, yeah, I the, I got 11. The, the Impact jersey. Uh, the, the Impact jersey. And then we played it it was so fun. I remember, there, do you remember that volley I had in that game? Oh, dude, you you press that volley? This- you impressed the crap out of my team. They're like, why is it? They're like, J.K., why
0: did you bring him on the team? I'm like, because he doesn't live here. He doesn't live here. Mm-hmm. He, he doesn't hurt. Dude, that's when I
1: started. That, that You know why I was playing better? It's not because I was better at soccer at that time. Was I was just more fit. I, I yes. was doing like six miles. Remember the time when I had that like Dude, couple years? In, I was just running all the time. Yeah, <laughs> remember? I remember. Um. So that that was it. Yeah, that was when. That's why. <laughs> I missed
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. But um okay, Sam. So we're pushing almost over an hour and my cat starts scratching my mm-hmm. door. So uh now I'm starting to end this podcast with two questions. So the first question, yes, uh, besides Old Trafford, what soccer venue do you really want to go see in the world? Like what's at the top of your bucket list?
1: Besides Old Trafford, I definitely want to go see Burnabout. Um just as a loyal football fan, you know, I think the Bernabeu has a lot of history and I think it's worth checking out. hundred percent. The atmosphere. What I'm saying, I I, I I think when people are listening to this, they need to recognize when you go to these stadiums, you're not going to the actual, it, only the stadium, but you it's the atmosphere that you're going for. Yeah. And so going to those kind of stadiums, it's just, it really is a phenomenal feeling that you can't Really describe anywhere else, it's only in a yeah. football match, I think you, you get to see that. And so, so I, I would love to see the burn Um, I would love to again, I would want to go see the old Trafford as many times as I want, yeah, can, of course, of but, course. Um, uh, but other than that, yeah, I, I no other place really. I, I thought, oh, I want to go visit, um, because Old Trafford, it's probably the best stadium in the world, so uh, okay, um, <laughs> and um. And
0: what game, what's like the biggest game that you'd put on the top of your bucket list, including Manchester United? Like that has happened already? Or or just like any, yeah, any game, like a big derby or
1: classic, what game do you want to watch?
0: Like that's on top of your bucket
1: list. Oh, to go, uh, I would love to watch two types of games. First, a Champions League game final with Manchester United. I yeah, think of that course. Just, and the other one is a South Korea World Cup game. Uh, really? Like a knockout round. Yeah, I, I definitely want to be want to feel that passion. Mm. Like the other side of being a Manchester United fan was being a national team fan, a Korean national team fan, and right. it was yeah, good time, good time. And so I would love to go see a World Cup in person where Korea is playing well. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 Okay.
0: Yeah, that's good answers. I, I didn't. I didn't for whatever reason. I didn't expect the Korea national team answer, but it makes sense for sure. But anyway, um, Sam. Thank you for coming on to the podcast. Thank you for reminiscing our uh, our journey together in some in some ways. It's been a you know, it's been a while since I've seen you and I'll see you in May hopefully soon. Um any any last parting words you want to leave before we uh,
1: log sign off? Yeah, uh, thanks. Thanks for inviting me. I had a great time. Um I football is amazing. Football's life. I hope If you really watch football, you can really enjoy it. It's a great sport to sport.
0: Yeah, 100%. And for everyone listening, uh, thank you for being an audience. Uh, Please don't forget to follow and subscribe Soccer Pilgrim uh, on Spotify and on Instagram uh, or on Apple Podcasts or or Google Podcasts, whatever podcast platform you have it on. And as always, thank you for being an audience from Montreal. This is Soccer Pilgrim. Thank you.